0: Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch, on ESPN 98, one FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF.
1: Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam Patos is going to produce I'm Laughing because of the Aaron Judge contract staying in New York. Look, I'm all for making whatever money you can make. He is signing a nine-year, $360 million deal. I want you to fathom that for a moment. Fathom that. three. Hundred sixty million dollars. Good Lord! But you know what? Would you take that? Yes, you would. So he's back with the Yankees. A bunch of Gator players today officially going into the portal. You can check that out. You go to. CBS Sports or ESPN, you can see, you know, which Gators are in there. Uh, Tomorrow, Billy Napier uh, is going to talk via Zoom with the media and will report on it's not, we will not carry it because it's going to be in the morning. But I will fill you in uh, about what goes on. Here is a very telling statistic. Okay. Osiris Torrance, the first Florida offensive lineman to be named all SEC First Team since 2009. Fathom that also. 13 years. The first one since Marquise and Mike Pouncey. That's, that's once again, hard to believe. That long. Also, if you look at the All-SEC team that was announced, look how many Gators... Are on it. There aren't many. What does that tell you? It's one of the reasons why Florida is six and six. There just aren't a lot of high grade guys here that make an impact. Gervon Dexter is going to play in Florida's bowl game. Good for him. Good for him. And I'm not knocking anybody who doesn't, but you don't see that often. By the way, the first team, All-SEC quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Uh, A. Shane from Texas A&M, is a first-team running back. He's going pro. Announced it today. And Osiris Torrance making first team. Now, you look at the defense. There's nobody from Florida first team. You look at the All-SEC second team. Nobody from Florida. You look at the All-SEC defensive second team. Nobody from Florida. One player. One. That's it. That that right there tells you all you need to know about what lies ahead for Florida. They've got to get more dudes on those teams. Simple as that. We'll open phone lines for you till Sean Kelly gets here, then I hope you'll call him. Today, Sean is here. Gator gymnast Bree Edwards scheduled to join us after they just had their hype night the other night. And uh, Mike Parker, play-by-play voice of Oregon State, will join us. He'll tell you a little bit about the Beavers today. I'm going to return the favor out there today. So we will take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Yesterday at the very end, oh, I, l- l- lest I forget, congratulations, Gator Women's Basketball now 9-1 and one after being Presbyterian last night, and Gator Men's Basketball team has a chance to get a signature win against a top-five team in Connecticut. You can hear the game right here tonight. Yesterday at the very end of the show, uh... Anthony Richardson got brought up and people said, some people said, glad to see him go. Mike said, driving 105 miles an hour, he's not a gator because he never gave the effort of a gator. What the hell does that mean? What, what exactly does, he never gave the effort of a gator. What is the effort of a gator? And how do you define that? And measure that. And he also says fans should be allowed to criticize what's going on with the football and basketball corps in the last decade. Agreed. But he says anytime they do their label as bad fans. Not bad fans. Just take ownership of what you're doing. That's all. I, shows like this are made for that. You want to call and say... Mike White's terrible, Billy Napier's terrible, run him out of town, Dan Mullen, you, you have every right to do that. And he says fans are the only watchdog for the program because the media, by and large, are either paid or in the pocket of UAA. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like election fraud that gets brought up all the time, but nobody can prove it. Now, he does say they pay $26 million to to. Fired three failed coaches in football, okay? And he says, but if you listen to the UAA and the media, it's because Gator fans complain too much. That's not true. So there's just there's just some falsehoods in that. UAA has never said that. Media may have said it, but UAA has never said it. Let's get John with us. John, hi.
2: Hey, good afternoon, Steve. I'll, I'll make a quick, uh, but you know, whether you and I think about the the contract that that Judge got, if the Yankees gonna weren't gonna ante up, there was gonna be a, a, quite a few teams that that saw that was gonna like probably do it. Oh, Giants, sure, Giants. Yep. So, oh, yeah. So, I I I don't fault the Yankees. I mean, they've they've always been that team on the top, you know, like with the Red Sox. So, anyway. Um, Tonight's ball game with with uh, UConn, I saw on the on the ESPN wire that that one of their top scorers, Fudd, his last name is Fudd, F U D D. He's he's out for three weeks. So I mean, I don't know what that means for you know, aspect of giving Florida some better chances. I hate to see a guy out, but I mean, it gives Florida hopefully a better chance to you know stay in the ball game. Which, what do you think?
1: Yeah, he's got a knee injury, um, right. and he's not going to play. But I mean, will that Hurt them, yeah. When you have a player who's really good, um, but does it mean, you know, they're going to be that much worse off? They're they're a good team. and right.
2: I, believe, I, I agree. They're number five, so um, yeah. You know, aspects. So I think uh, hopefully Florida. I mean, I'm not saying it's because he's out, but I hope that you know Florida can be inspired to to have a good showing tonight.
1: Well, with or without him, if they're not inspired tonight.
2: I know, right? I know it's a jack, It should be jacked up. I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for I the call. I appreciate it, man. Yep. I well, I'm. I I, I don't know. I, I'm going to leave it like that. Um, UConn is not. I don't want to say this without embarrassing. Um, there's a female player who's not going to play for UConn. I, I believe. Um, but I don't know uh about a men's player, but there may be um all right three nine two eight two five five you can email uh s russell at w r u f dot com i misunderstood what he was what john said, so I apologize for that uh but we'll find out what happens tonight hopefully the gators will have a full complement of players for them. Uh, as well. They've had some guys, uh, out, and hopefully they will have a full contingent of people for the game tonight. Um, and I believe I'm correct in this. Maybe Sam could look it up. I, I, I don't know that UConn's had a, a, a true road game yet. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, so will that affect them at all? I don't know. Um we'll find out. Twelve thirteen. We have not had a true room. That's yeah, okay. So all right. Uh three uh twelve thirteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. <laughs> Sean Kelly, voice of the gators up next with us. ESPN ninety-eight one FM, eight fifty AM, WYUF.
0: Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN ninety eight.
3: This is Bryce Mitchell. Tonight, the Florida men's basketball team plays number five UConn at home. The Gators are coming off a win against Stenson on Sunday and are now 6-3. UConn is currently undefeated at 9-0. The Huskies lead this series 4-1, winning each of the last four games. Make sure to tune in here tonight at 8.30 to catch the game. The Florida volleyball team will continue their run in the NCAA tournament and play the second seed, Pitt, tomorrow afternoon at 3.30. In Orlando, the Magic will play the Los Angeles Clippers tonight at 7. The Magic have lost 9 straight games, most recently losing to the Bucks 109 to 102. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. This is Bryce Mitchell. ESPN
0: 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
4: The cooler weather couldn't have come at a better time because now's the time for the Polaris of Gainesville Inventory Clearance Sale where you can save hundreds, even thousands on tracker boats and Polaris off-road vehicles. Enjoy the great outdoors with family and friends in the cool fall air. It's hunting season. So save on the off-road vehicle you need. And for bass fishermen, the fall spawn is happening right now. And those bass just love being hooked by tracker brand boaters. At Polaris of Gainesville, the 2023s are here and the 2022s must go now. now. Take advantage of interest rates as low as 4.99% and rebates up to $6,000. Enjoy free extended factory warranties on select Polaris models and payments under $99 per month on youth models. Now's the time. Polaris of Gainesville is the place for the end-of-season inventory clearance sale. U.S. 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. Online at polarisofgainesville.com. Rebates and incentives on specific models. See Polaris of Gainesville for details. Interest and rates determined by lender with approved credit. There's a feeling of pride and excellence that comes with living in gator country. Just ask Chuck Bush at Chuck Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission. A safe running vehicle needs regular upkeep, so Bush Auto Repair specializes in same-day maintenance. And when she's not running, an ASE tech and computer diagnostic will identify the problem and fix it right the first time. Straight talk and excellent service you'd expect in the swamp. Read their reviews. Keeping cars on the road since 1954.
5: Call Chuck Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission. When you are injured in an accident, do you really want to call an attorney's office based on the size of their firm? You should ask yourself this question. Can I afford to get lost in the shuffle at a time when I need individualized attention the most? I'm Jack Fine, Gainesville's accident attorney for over 40 years at Fine Fark Ash and Parla Piano. When you call our office, you will speak to one of our four experienced attorneys at no charge. Find Far Cash and Parlopiano. Local representation, big firm results. Visit FFPlaw.com for a free consultation.
6: The holidays are here, and Miapa has your meal ready. Order a holiday dinner from Miapa for your family gathering, holiday party, or if you're just tired from decking the halls and shopping the malls. Miapa's got your entire meal covered, from the roasted turkey or crinil ham to your favorite Miapa sides like rice and beans, Cuban bread, and of course, sweet plantains, all starting at $89. With Miapa's holiday meal, you'll be more stuffed than a stocking hung with care. Don't let cooking get in the way of a great meal. Get your holiday dinner at MiapaLatinCafe.com today.
0: From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators.
3: This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Welcome back.
7: Pleasure
1: always to bring in live with us, Voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. You can talk to him and us, 392 You can email russell at wruf.com. Sean, welcome. Um, we were just talking off air here that I mean, Connecticut will certainly be a test for Florida. And it comes, you know, it's I don't know if, if it's intentionally done this way. I think sometimes it is, Sean, but... You look at the schedule and when you play games and you know where Florida is, I think this is a great game for them to be tested at this juncture of the season.
7: Yeah, I I agree. This is the crazy series with UConn. You remember this, this all started like four years ago yep. and uh the series was actually supposed to start here and then go to Connecticut. It got flipped, it delayed, all that kind of stuff. So finally we're we're completing this this contract with UConn, this home and home. And so um. yeah, I mean, I, of course, if you're a glass-half-empty guy, you're like, well, shoot, it would have been nice to play UConn before they loaded up like they have. But at the same time, like you said, I think the timing of this is pretty darn good. And and uh, I think we left one phase of the season the other day, and this starts this last push towards conference play. It's big boy basketball the rest of the way now. Um, and I think that the Gators did very well in what they wanted to accomplish in two games that they were supposed to win, in Stetson and Florida A&M, um, and I expected them to be, well, I didn't expect them to be 40-point games, but I expected to be, them to be won handily. I just wanted to see improvement in certain areas coming out of that Portland trip. Um, this juncture of
1: the season, Sean, what has gone, you think, better for Florida
7: than you maybe thought and maybe work to do? From where we thought this team would be, this team can score. They average, um, you know, up there with everybody else. They're Eighty points is not, you know, unthinkable, uh, and they're going to need every bit of that tonight. They're going to get tested tonight in every which way possible. It's just <laughs> that yeah. out there. Um, so I think that they score the ball, and I think the three point shooting is better, obviously, than it was a year ago, um, and it's better than maybe one or two clunkers in there. The West Virginia game obviously stands out um, defensively. They have length and athleticism um, as advertised, as to what I saw in the preseason work. Um, and it's starting to be more consistent now. It I think it's an application of that, the God-given talent, and then what you do with the scouting report and schematically what Todd and his staff want to do. So I, there's there's still room for improvement there, especially in transition defense. Um, and And ball pressure, but we saw that in the last two games, again, regardless of the opponent, those are signs of improvement. Um, I think that there 's going to have to be some adjustment here as to what you are going to do offensively when teams are scheming away at colin castleton, uh, and we 've seen that now from the Portland trip moving forward yep the, nothing's going to come easy for colin Colin's good enough that he's he 's still one of your best players. Um, but what you do when they take certain column things away. How can you make a team pay for that? I don't know if we've discovered that just yet. Um, and then um, the depth is shown, too. I, you know, I'm watching practice yesterday, and I'm like, golly, not that I want to see this, but you could almost do and – and the coach is eluding me, and I've been thinking about it for 24 hours – where you almost do that hockey line change. You've got your starting five, and then all of a sudden here comes five new subs. It's like a whole line change. Todd Golden could probably do that against some opponents to his advantage um, as he figures out kind of who's my starting five, who's the backup five, and the interchangeable parts that go with that. But I think they're 10 deep at the moment. I don't know if that's when we get to the end of the month and you're taking on Auburn to begin the SEC schedule that there'll be 10 guys in game. Um, But right now I think that he feels like he can play 10 different guys. All right, let's get some calls and emails for you. Uh, Daryl. you'll start. Hi. Hey,
8: good afternoon, guys. Hey, Sean, a couple questions. Um, it's early in the basketball season. Uh, is there a team out there that's in, that has impressed you, either in person or watched on TV so far?
7: Yeah, UConn's on that list. Um, I, I watched them just absolutely you know, annihilate their opponents in Portland. Uh, they had a very impressive win against Oklahoma State last week. I watched that one with keen interest. Uh, they're very, very good. Uh, Duke is a team that is improving with every time they hit the floor. Uh, they're fun to watch right now. Uh, and then Texas has been up and down a little bit, but Texas has been strong. Illinois is a team. They, they, by the way, they played each other last night. Um, those are the teams that kind of stand out at least here early. I have not seen Houston play yet, and I need to see them play. Um, just, you know, they're up there. They're ranked at number one. And um, for whatever reason, I haven't seen Kelvin's team play yet. One for me, Daryl, and I and I don't know the quality of
1: the schedule. So it's with an asterisk. Mississippi State's ranked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of you wouldn't rank you with what they had coming back and what I'm not sure people thought they'd be among the ranked teams of the SEC and they are. I'm not I don't know what their roster
7: is, but they're ranked. It's early. Yes. Um, the SEC is showing itself to be again. Not your dad's SEC basketball conference. This is a better basketball conference. Kentucky seemingly right now is Kentucky, and they're doing it with older players, which is you know kind of slaps in the face of all the early Cal years there. But um, I saw Georgia play last night. They actually played better than I thought. Yeah, played Tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alabama's really strong. Uh, yeah, I, I need to see LSU at some point here. I think that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. You know, Arkansas is another one that um, they're they're going to get after you. A lot. And so the, the conference is better. Anything else, Daryl? What, what else do you have?
8: Yes, sir. Um, far as, you know, Florida, Sean, I'm just seeing Florida, you know, so far. Is there a player maybe on this team that you see could be a breakout player or a diamond in the rough as the season goes along? Yeah, I'll we'll,
7: take it off the air. Yeah, Will okay, Richard. Thanks, Daryl. Will Richard, um, he might be the best player on this team right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean – Collins, and this is no slight to Castleton, because really, I mean, if you put the bright light on me, and, and I got to tell the truth and all that, <laughs> yeah. right? Castleton's still your lead guy, um, but Will Richard to me has emerged as is one A on this team. The the shooting that he possesses right now, um, he just he looks comfortable. He really does. Um, defensively, he could be a little bit better, but no, Will Richard's a guy that we all need to be keeping an eye on and. And I think that that's going to be special. Trey Bonham's been a little bit of a surprise, too. I, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I think he's scoring more than I thought he would. We're going to have a mishmash today with
1: football and basketball. Yeah. Um, uh In the COVID year, the SEC ruled the team that had to have 53 scholarship players, at least seven offensive linemen to play. Is that rule still in effect? Will the Gators be able to fulfill that number given all the opt outs? And I think the answer is yes. Yes,
7: the answer is yes. Um, I was at practice yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a strange sight right now on that field. I mean, a because you're not seeing the names you've been used to seeing run the reps. Uh and then the sheer number is obviously down a little bit too. But you know, I I guess I was it was twofold for me. One was um I was happy to see some of the, you know, people in the right spots that oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that makes, you know, there there's Ethan White, you know, and <laughs> there's Kingsley, and he's going to snap the football and and all that. But yeah, at the same time um, it was a little strange not to see, you know, Rashad Torrance in that defensive secondary or or Justin Shorter getting ready or obviously Anthony Richardson not taking snaps at quarterback. So, look, there's there's enough guys there to play. We're going to play that football game next week. I, I, I personally, and I just got done with another interview with a guy out in Las Vegas, I'm actually in the mode right now where I'm eager to see some guys take advantage of the situation. You know, Caleb Douglas has flashed a little bit. Now he's going to be asked even more. Does he have a big game? Uh, young Mr. Jackson at wide receiver. You know, his chance. We've, we've just gotten a taste of Boardingham, who's come back from injury. The guy's an athletic freak. He was hurt most of the year. Um, we got to see him a little bit, you know, in the, at the end of the re- regular season. I think we'll see a lot more of him now. And he's going to be a hybrid, tight end, wide receiver kind of guy. Um, and then defensively, you know, uh, you know You've got to say that there's a lot on the shoulders of a guy like Shamar James here, who we've come to know a little bit this season, but now with no Ventrell Miller, it's really on him like when Ventrell missed a week earlier this year. So some of the guys like that are gonna have to really step up. But look, we've got our hands full next week. Oregon State is looking at this game like um a signature opportunity for them against a name brand SEC School. They went six of their last seven down the stretch. They're holding teams about 21 a game. Uh, They're ready to roll, and the Gators better have that chin strap, proverbial buckle up, you know, type mentality next week.
1: He also says, do you think the players have quit on the coaching staff? Looks that way to me and others. I don't think that at all. Well, when did you see it? Yeah, that's, I I don't, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I, I mean, I just, yeah, no, I don't see that. Um, okay, we'll take a break. One more segment with Sean. So if it's a hoops question, football question, we'll get to him. 1227, Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
0: If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN, one FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
1: Purchasing a vehicle is a big deal. It's an important choice you make. You spend a lot of money. And you want to make sure the vehicle you get is going to last you and be something you really love to drive. Well, the people at Southeast Car Agency realize that. And over 40-plus years, they have done their very best to give you the widest possible selection of vehicles to choose from. Now, remember, you're looking for a new one? They don't have them. They never have. They've specialized in bringing to their place of business the best and late-model, low-mileage vehicles. Go online, secars.com. You want to shop that way? All the pertinent information is there for the vehicles. You want to go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. You can check out the vehicles for yourself. Test drive them. There's sales staff there to answer any questions you might have. I'm driving one of their vehicles right now. I have for years, and I must tell you in all honesty, all of them have been really, really good for me. And that 40-plus years of service tells you a lot about their longevity as well. Go see him in person. Make sure and tell him Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency.
5: Score big this Christmas with a gift from Electronics World. Hi, this is Chris Doring. I trust Electronics World for the electronics in my home and highly recommend them. In football, you have to have a great lineup to be successful. And it's the same for the electronics in your home. Check out the Electronics World lineup. Sony, Bowers & Wilkins, Marantz, Yamaha, BDI, Sunbright, Sonos, URC, and more. This holiday season, give them or yourself a gift to enhance your home or office from Electronics World in Gainesville. Online at electronicsworld.net you
1: don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain people with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from qc kinetics hey it's steve russell qc kinetics are the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints repairing and restoring damaged tissue So you can move again with no surgery no drugs and no downtime got shoulder pain excruciating hip pain if you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills call qc kinetics to see if their life-changing all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. It's the most wonderful time of the year, the holidays. AAA says more Americans than ever will be hitting the road this holiday season. And if you're one of them, do yourself a favor and visit Dave Mays Automotive before you hit the road. Dave Mays Automotive is a full-service automotive repair facility, and not only do they fix problems, they can help prevent them too. You've probably heard of the famous Dave Mays Automotive Bug Check. That's where they go over your entire vehicle with a fine-toothed comb and identify any potential issues before they arise. Travel in peace with the knowledge you'll arrive safe and sound. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs
4: out.
9: Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs, all of them
1: bugs. Out of your car.
4: Fall is coming up fast. That means football. The World Series. And trees. Fall is a great time to get your trees ready for winter. And Daughtry Tree Service, the tree service people, are standing by to help you with tree removal, trimming, pruning, and more. 30-plus years of experience means even your toughest tree, stump, or debris removal project is no match for the experts at Daughtry Tree Service. Serving Alachua County and surrounding areas. Call today for a free estimate. At Daughtry Tree Service, there is no tree too tall. We do them all.
0: From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update.
10: Abundant sunshine this afternoon as high pressure builds throughout the column of the atmosphere. High temperature is going to warm up to near 80 degrees, too. Now, this evening and overnight, skies starting off mostly clear. We'll have to contend with patchy dense fog yet again for our Thursday morning commute. Lows in the morning in the mid to upper 50s. Tomorrow afternoon, highs nudging to the low to mid 80s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The Cowboys are a good football
11: team. And, you know, no matter what we say about the star on the side of the helmet, or the coach on the sideline, owner the upstairs, they got playmakers all over the place, offensively, defensively. It's tough when you got a front like the Dallas Cowboys. And when you have to drop back and literally throw the
12: football, you're going to probably lose the game
0: against the Cowboys. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app.
1: I love it when Sean's here, first of all. And secondly, I love it when you have questions for him. So, uh, John in St. Augustine. Sean, uh, you followed Mick Hubert. What surprised you about coming in as the Gator football and basketball play-by-play caller you may not have expected?
7: Hmm. Microphone on with the (laughs) help. What did I... No, I mean, this has really gone as expected in a lot of ways. I'll tell you what is unexpected in a good way. I knew... I knew how good the fans and the people are here and and the people that I work with, I guess. And I was hoping that it would be that way with the football staff and now the basketball staff that I get to basically live with here for months on end. And that has exceeded expectations. Um, you know, as we talked about when I first got this job, being a part of a team again was important to me. It's what I find joy in with this job. Uh, and that's proven to be the case. Um, other than that, not 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 really too many surprises. Okay, let's, gonna, let's get a call from Bill. Bill, hi.
12: Hey, uh, Steve, uh appreciate you taking my call. Uh, you were talking about Castleton and how they defended him. Uh, how do you think uh, UConn's gonna gonna confet, uh, uh, defend him? Do they have uh, a big guy? Because you know, certainly the big guys centers try to push. Colin uh, away from his comfort zone, or or double team him. Uh, how do you, how do you think UConn's going to defend him?
7: They have the size to bang him around a lot down low, and make him uncomfortable when he comes to the elbow. A lot of teams have used guards to dig what they call dig down. So as soon as Colin catches in the low post, they'll have a body on him, if not two. And then as soon as he puts the ball to the floor, you know, on the bounce, a lot of times you'll hear him say, on the bounce, yeah. a guard will try and dig down, swipe at it a little bit, uh, and then kind of jump back and defend that guy on the perimeter. That's his primary assignment. I think Connecticut's big enough, strong enough. is a guy that you're gonna hear a lot about tonight, uh, that they're gonna be able to play him uh in this in a more traditional sense. They're not gonna have to use their guards to kind of dig down, although they will in certain spots, especially when he comes further up the lane. But Uh, dislodging Colin is a favorite thing that I've seen uh, teams do now. And sometimes when his footwork is on and he's crafty, um, he'll find a way to get to the rim. Now, vice versa, I think also you're going to see Florida try and make their bigs awfully uncomfortable too and change where they catch or feel you uh, maybe more so than other teams have.
12: Yeah, one thing I noticed that he was doing kind of a Carl Malone and Stockton kind of thing, you know, get into the center and kick out. So I think that was a big improvement when he realized, um, that he may be a little vulnerable uh, so he can kick out to the guards and maybe they can hit something. Um, uh, the last thing, uh, I wanted to ask was, you know, uh, at the, the night tournament the night tournament, <clears throat> you know, Florida had a hard time defending the three point shooting and, um, I, I, it looked like it went better in the uh, Florida A&M game, but what do you think?
7: Yeah, it did in the in the Stetson game, too. Um, I had a conversation with Coach Golden about that after the West Virginia game. Uh, and because at that moment, I don't know what the exact number is, at that moment opponents were shooting 37.1% from three-point. Uh, that's high, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, so I asked Coach about that. So, what's the metric here? How do we measure whether or not you're getting guys off the line, or you're or you're winning the three point line offensively, defensively? It was interesting. Coach said that more important to him is actually number of attempts that your opponent has at the three point line. So, don't get hung up on the percentage because the one thing you can't control, you have no control whether a guy makes a shot or not. But you do have some control on whether he gets to even take a shot. So he's, his concern at that moment of that conversation was we've got to get our opponents' attempts from three down. And that's exactly what happened in their next two games. Um, So that if you, if you want to track this or and try and, and say, are, are the Gators better at this? Start looking at that box score at number of attempts by the opponent from the three point line. And that's, I think that's where you'll be able to measure this a little bit. Bill, appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. Uh, Sam says, uh, ask Sean his
1: thoughts on Coach Golden compared to the beginning of the season. I found it refreshing he took the blame for not playing Reeves in Portland.
7: Yeah, and I think I think we talked about this a little bit last week, is that uh, this is that time of year where it was that time of year where you're trying to figure out who can do what, when you want to have them, and who you want to have them with. Rotation stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I think that he manages the game very well. It's it's the learning of his personnel at this point. And now we're moving, as I mentioned, into this new phase, starting with Connecticut tonight, to where roles probably and will be more defined. Although we don't know about Kyle Lofton's status, it's going to be a game-time decision for him. Um, and so now it's a matter of moving through much better competition and gearing yourself up for the 28th of the month.
1: <laughs> Todd, I love this. Mm-hmm. When
7: watching games, Sure. I'm
1: known for seeing things and commenting, only to be followed by the exact same comments from the game broadcasters. Okay. My friends are always intrigued. Does this
7: mean I have a future in this career? How can I get into this and land an audition? <laughs> I don't know about the audition part. I think you're seeing things or you're I think you're cognizant of your pregame prep and your storylines. I don't know if he's referring to the analysis of the game or the stories that emerge in the game. Um, My wife has (laughs) a knack for doing that, too. And I just think it's because, A, she's married to a broadcaster, and, B, she's been around this long enough that she can anticipate, um, you know, things that we as broadcasters probably look at or pick at a little bit. Interesting question. It is. Jeff says, has Miller's thumb healed enough for him to play? Yes. And it has been healthy enough for some time. Uh, It was a, how does this feel for a while now? And uh, in just watching him yesterday, I don't think he's, I think he's, Look, the injury's just fine. I think he's feeling better too. Steven says, this is his question. Mm-hmm, sure.
1: Um, I hate to ask this. Well, don't but I think hate it's a fair question concerning the football world we live in. If Florida goes 6 and 6 next year, would coach Napier be in any kind of a hot seat? I don't
7: know. I mean, I would think, yeah, that's not that's not the standard. That's not the number that he was brought in here to do. So, if you go by that line of logic, yeah, I think the seat would be warm. Okay. Let's get to Rick's call. Rick Hi.
13: Good morning, Sean and Steve. Yep. Uh, Sean, I, I can't switch to basketball yet. Okay. i still on football. That,
7: well, I am too this week. Go ahead.
13: <laughs> All right. A uh, couple things I wanted to say. I know that this is not governed right now. I'm concerned college football will completely change as we know it. Uh, I think there's got to be a starting point. I think caps on the amount of money these players are getting, even if it's by position, would be important that's one comment what do you what do you say to that
7: well i got a lot of comments on that um and i i don't want to say that we're getting to the point of no return here we're we're dangerously close there's there's some real unhealthy stuff going on um i was at the acc championship this past weekend and you would not believe the rumors that are flying you know because we were on the brink of the the portal being opened up to all the players that you know obviously came on monday you know but north carolina there with um Drake May, well, I think he's Carolina through and through. Again, what, do not go on social media and say Sean Kelly said this and all that, but these are the kind of rumors that fly around, right? That Drake May, the quarterback who I'm about to watch play for North Carolina, it, uh, already has a $2 million offer on the table from another school. I won't say that. I know the name, but I won't say it here. Um, but that's kind of the, some of the stuff, the unhealthy stuff that we're, we're looking at here. I think Drake May stays, but when you hear stuff like that, Man, I mean, we have a young man who's going to go into the portal for the fourth time in college football. We had a guy start the game on Saturday night for Clemson that played two series. It didn't go well. It kind of epitomized his time at Clemson, and he's in the transfer portal two days after Clemson wins that championship. So, I again, I've said this on record here before. I like the transfer portal. I like the ability for a young person to find a better spot for him or her. Uh, along the way here for mental health reasons, playing reasons, all kinds of reasons. Um, but to continue to do this with no guardrails and no governance is insane, and it's going to be toxic at some at some point if it isn't already.
13: Well, let me say this. I think a, a one-time portal uh, deal would be all right so they can't bid themselves up going four times. Uh, I think that's a problem. But let me tell you, the, the limiting of this whole thing People need to start looking at outside the box. There's inducement to minors here. These are minors we're talking about. Who's signing these contracts? Uh, you know, and, and there's other things that might be involved with this. This might even carry over to RICO Act. Well, mean, there's all kinds of stuff people need to look at. You
7: you may be taking it to the extreme there when we're talking about RICO a little bit, but don't think that there isn't some other stuff that's untoward in the situation. And I think you do have a point when it comes to 18, 19, and 20-year-olds in a lot of ways. I mean, by law, at 18, we're, we're legal adults, right? But at the same time, are we ready to be in a position and, and give them no help in a lot of ways, other than mom and dad, perhaps, uh, in these situations? Yeah, it, th- there are some issues there. Um, it's unbridled free agency is what it is right now. We don't see that in pro sports because we have collective bargaining agreements. There's nothing like that for college athletes at the moment. And, yeah, there's got to be some guardrails. I don't know if it's a one-time. Somebody's got to do something with regard to regulating this process. And I also don't want to get to, I don't know, we're running out of time. I also don't want to get to to where, well, if we're going to have free agency, then we better have contracts. So, you know, I signed Steve Russell coming out of high school, and I signed him to a three-year deal and then I sign you to a two-year deal because you're going to want flexibility after two years. So now we got guys on different contracts, but also I don't want to put in the time and effort to bring in a high-caliber recruit and be on pins and needles for nine months wondering if I can keep them even after one season. So, uh, hey, boy. How many hours we got, Steve? Yeah. All right. Rick, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Uh, Okay, let's end. Keys for Florida tonight against UConn. Uh, Take care of the ball, number one. Uh, Defend the three-point line, number two. Uh, and I think that the other th- key thing here is um, avoid avoid bad runs. In, in that, um, this is what happened to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State got up by a couple of points, and then I'm going to be off on my number two here. UConn hammers them with like a 23 to five run. That's it. Game's over, and they're able to keep their arm outstretched and keep Oklahoma State from coming back. So, it, Florida can't get can't fall into a drought or you know or get beat in transition like. Um, I'll give, you just, I'll give you a recent example here. The loss to Xavier, there was about three or four possessions in that game. You don't score. They do, whether it be in transition, use a three, whatever. And that's like a 15-point swing. So if that happens tonight, it ain't going to end well. So uh, that, that's. those are just some real yep. kind of scratch-the-surface keys. I yep. always appreciate you. Thanks Thank you, you. Voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. He's got the call tonight.
1: 12.45, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. <laughs>
0: trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
14: Good afternoon, I'm Griffin Fole. Tonight at the O'Connell Center, Florida Mentons basketball will look for its third straight win as the undefeated UConn Huskies enter town. UConn is off to a 9-0 start and ranked fifth in the nation. Be sure to catch all the action right here starting at 8.30 PM. In the NBA, the last place Orlando Magic will look to snap a nine-game losing streak tonight as they welcome the Los Angeles Clippers. Tomorrow in the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament, three-seed Florida will face two-seed Pitt in the Madison, Wisconsin Regional Semifinal match. is scheduled to begin at 3:30 p.m. In high school football, Hawthorne is set to take on Northview Friday in the Class One R State Championship as both teams enter the contest undefeated. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Griffin Fole. ESPN
0: 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
1: I've been telling you for a while, friends, about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palacca. They do great, great work. I invite you to go to rbr.org or Google uh, Boys Ranch so You can see the work they've done and for how long they have done their work. They house at-risk young boys, and they are sustained by donations of your vehicles, used vehicles, cars, trucks, uh SUVs, RVs, boats, whatever, if you have a vehicle like this, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch would like it. These donated vehicles, they take the vehicles, they do a good job of refurbishing them, and they resell them. Your donation's tax-deductible. It helps a really great cause. Check them out, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch.
15: Do you remember as a child waiting for the excitement of Christmas morning? It felt like that the big day would never arrive but then it came and boy was it worth the wait the older we get the more we realize that life is filled with waiting more waiting and even more waiting and nobody likes to wait but waiting isn't a new experience on the very first christmas the jewish people have waited hundreds of years for the coming of the messiah wondering if he would ever arrive the bible says when the right time came god sent jesus to be born of a woman And Jesus, the Savior of the world, stepped into history at precisely the right moment. The Christmas season is a wonderful reminder that the Lord's timing is perfect. He's never early, but He's also never late. So this Christmas, be encouraged. Have patience and faith while you wait. This is Bryant Wright, wishing you a Christmas worth waiting for,
9: right from my heart.
3: To subscribe to devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org.
9: This holiday season, it's more important than ever to make sure you make your money go farther. And while interest rates are on the rise everywhere else, at International Diamond Center, we're lowering rates all the way down to 0%. That's right. Now through December 12th, International Diamond Center is offering 0% financing for five years. This is in addition to IDC's amazing unbeatable value prices, so you can make their Christmas dreams come true. How about an $8,000 diamond tennis bracelet for just $133 a month? Or check out a special collection of affordable and timeless classics like Diamond Studs, Gold Fashion and Diamond Fashion Jewelry with instant savings of 20% and some hand-picked specials even marked down to 4 Forty percent. Don't let anything keep you from getting that headliner gift this year. International Diamond Center has the price relief and the interest rate relief you deserve. Merry Christmas from International Diamond Center at Celebration Point on approved credit
6: is the season to eat everything on your plate and that includes desserts stop into thornbrook chocolates anytime during the month of december and celebrate the holidays new year's resolutions aren't until next month so live it up now with thornbrook chocolates in thornbrook village on northwest 43rd street
9: join us at odyssey as we do our one thing together millions of things for our planet this holiday season invest in some led christmas lights they use significantly less energy than regular bulbs when we each share our one thing it becomes a million things for our planet What's your
16: one thing? You're pregnant, how far? One month, two, no doctor yet,
10: I can't afford it.
16: Protect yourself and your baby. The health department can help you out. Test for STDs. I don't have diseases. You don't know, you don't always have symptoms. STDs make you and your baby sick.
10: I don't want my baby sick.
16: No one cares more about your baby than you.
10: I'm calling my county health department. A
6: message from the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station.
0: Coming up at 4, it's The Tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app.
3: This is Gator soccer coach Samantha Bohan and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 981 FM 850 AM WRUF and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app
1: Thank you coach Welcome back to Sports Scene Gator gymnast Bree Edwards will join us uh, top of the hour but right now we're going to talk about Oregon State football We'll be joined by the 20 year Play-by-play voice of Oregon State football, men's basketball, and baseball. Mike Parker now joins us. Mike, thank you for doing this. Uh, I didn't know you were an Oregon grad.
17: Yeah, that's something we try to try to keep <laughs> under. You know, we don't want to talk about it too much. Maybe it's a little safer to have that conversation in Gainesville with you, Steve. Yes, Thanks for having me out. Yes, 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 I did graduate from the other school. And I know you guys all know about what what that means and what rivalries are like within your own state. So uh, it took some getting used to, I think, for everybody. 20, this is actually my 24th year doing okay. the three sports that you mentioned. But the early days, uh, there were a lot of people within Beaver Nation looking askance at me, and probably still are, <laughs> because there's a, you know, there's kind of an everlasting taint, I suppose, for having that association. But. When I did get the job in 1999, that coincided with Dennis Erickson's first year, to bring up a rival, but yeah. Dennis Erickson's first year uh, in 99, coming from the Seahawks, where he'd been let go and was suddenly available and said yes to the opportunity to kind of rebuild himself back at the collegiate level at Oregon State. So I got kind of swept along with the excitement and momentum and in my Uh, educational roots were quickly forgotten when the Beavers started to win football games and I got to be the messenger on the radio of those games so I hope I'm over that uh, a a bit of stigma that I had coming in
1: I'm sure after all this time uh, you are Uh, first ever meeting between these two schools Oregon State's played really good football here of late Gator fans are listening to you Mike give us you know tell us about this team
17: Well, I mentioned Dennis. Uh, He's not the coach anymore and hasn't been for a long time, but he coached a a young man by the name of Jonathan Smith, who I called games for. Jonathan was a walk-on under Mike Riley, walked on from Southern California in 1997, and within a couple of years had become the starting quarterback and an all-time fan favorite at Oregon State, the kind of story that I think we all get inspired by. A walk-on who becomes he became by the, his uh the big night for the Beavers against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl New Year's Eve uh New Year's Night I should say in 2001 beating Notre Dame 41 to 9 and Jonathan Smith was the Fiesta Bowl offensive MVP to help the Beavers cap an 11 and 1 season the greatest in Oregon state history and now uh, coming back after going to work for Chris Peterson as an offensive coordinator at Washington, leaving the nest after the 2002 season when he'd been a G.A., he, he left and has worked his way back at a, at a young age five years ago, named the, the head coach at the end of a 2017 1-11 season for the Beavers, came back home and has always been revered uh, in this community for what he did as a player, the way he conducts himself, the type of person he is and what he's doing with the team and what he's done in a short order to inherit a 1-11 and team. And in year two, uh, had the Beavers at 5-7, and seven, a point away and a tough loss from bowl eligibility that year. The COVID year is difficult to reckon, but he did beat Oregon in the rivalry game that year. And then last year took the Beavers to their first bowl game in eight years with a seven-win season, and now has the Beavers on the cusp of only the third 10-win season in program history. So saying all of that, Steve, gives you a sense that, I mean, you know, national championships and all the things you've experienced within your program. When we talk about trying to get to 10 wins for just the third time, uh, that's sort of where Oregon state has lived and existed in the college football world. But Jonathan Smith appears to me to be bringing back some of the stuff that he learned under Erickson and Riley and building a roster and a program, even in these challenging times, creating a culture where he's retaining most of his players there hasn't been a big exodus into the portal and and he is he's just uh he's doing it step by step brick by brick so to speak doing a great job with a solid football team run first on offense and a defense that's been transformed under the coordinator trent bray in his first full year as the d coordinator and they're good. They're not spectacular, per se. And in offense, they beat Oregon running the ball to end the game, 17 consecutive plays, handed it off, and came back from 21 down with that methodology to win the game. Hmm. And so that tells you that he's built a team that, that is uh, tough in the trenches, uh, on the offensive line in particular, with an outstanding running game. But he wants to fling it, too. And he, he may be you know, looking into the portal, as everyone is, to see if there might be somebody who can come in and fill that role. But he went 9-3 and three this year, and it was, it's been a special season. And I think the, uh, he and the, the team and the guys are focused to try to get that elusive 10th win.
1: Um, they really ended the season playing really good football. What was mm-hmm. the reason behind that? Why was it more successful here of late?
17: Well, I mentioned Trent Bray, the defensive coordinator. His father, Craig, and I keep coming back because it all feels to be tied in somehow, some way to what Jonathan experienced as a player under Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson's D coordinator in the 2011 win season, the only one in program history, was Craig Bray, Trent Bray's father. So Trent, uh, you know, watched his father coaching at Oregon State, played at Oregon State, went away to some other stops, Arizona State and Nebraska, and then came with Jonathan Smith when Jonathan got here in 2018. Uh, Jonathan made a, a decision in the middle part last year to change the coordinators and, and install Bray as an interim, and Trent did so well over his uh, last four games that he was elevated to the permanent position. And so the B, the Beavers' biggest transformation not only this year, but in the stretch you're referring to playing good football, was primarily how good they were on defense. Uh, The number two total defensive team in the Pac-12, the toughest team to score on in the red zone in the conference. And while not, not spectacular in terms of sacks, found ways schematically to at least bring pressure. Caleb Williams would tell you, if you ask Caleb, who may be about to win the Heisman from USC, what his toughest game was as a Trojan this year, I don't think he would hesitate. It was against Oregon State in Corvallis when he went, did Caleb, 16 of 36 for 180 yards. Those are not Heisman esque numbers. In every other game, he had Heisman numbers. But against Oregon State's defense, he didn't. And the Beavers were beaten on a great throw Caleb made late to Jordan Addison to pull that thing out for SC in the final minute. It was great quarterbacking on his part, but. Caleb knew he was up against a very good defense that has good tacklers, outstanding tacklers, great coverage in the secondary, the best team in pass efficiency defense in the Pac-12. So you ask me what? how did the Beavers win six of their last seven and play their best football down the stretch, it starts on the defensive side with without Trent Bray, the coordinator, has these guys playing. He inherited what Yogi Roth, our Pac-12, one of our Pac-12 broadcasters here said was, the biggest rebuild he'd ever seen in one unit for one team in the history of the Pac-12, Oregon State's defense, when Jonathan Smith got here. And under Jonathan and Trent, the Beavers have become one of the top defenses in the league. So to me, that's where this team's story starts. But on offense, I've already referenced the running game. Damian Martinez, a true freshman, comes into the bowl game with six consecutive 100-yard rushing games behind a a, a well-coached offensive line that uh, has been able to push people, move people. Uh, they get out in space. They're athletic enough to do that in their outside zone schemes that they're very good in. And so, you know, whether they can keep that going in the bowl game, I don't know, but that's been the formula. Strong running game, great defense has gotten the Beavers to a 9-3 and three season.
1: Great stuff. Uh, it's been our pleasure to talk to Mike Parker, play-by-play voice for Oregon State. Mike, thank you for your time, and I will talk to you all a little bit later this afternoon. Appreciate your time.
17: Yeah, Steve, I appreciate you having me on. And your first meeting in football, we had our first meeting in basketball, and I called the Gators win over the Beavers at the PK Legacy up in Portland yeah. uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. So, suddenly getting immersed in your world, <laughs> and it's, it's a real pleasure. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for having me on. You got Steve. it,
1: Mike. Thank you. Play-by-play voice of Oregon State, Mike Parker, joining us. Gator gymnast Bree Edwards was going to join us. Top of the Hour, then we'll continue with your questions, calls, and comments. ESPN 981 FM
0: 850 AM WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251 CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM 850 AM WRUF.
6: At Radiant Credit Union, we can't read minds, but we're pretty sure you'd like to save some money. Radiant gives our members a few ways to save a little every day. For starters, Radiant members who use their Visa debit card for signature purchases earn a nickel back on each transaction. And with our Even Up Savings account, they also earn an amazing rate on their spare change from every purchase. Find out all the ways Radiant Credit Union helps you earn and save at radiantcu.org slash earn more. Federally insured by NCUA.
12: Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, 2021, and 2022, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all.
1: Hey, folks, it's Steve Russell for my friends at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. They've been in business, family-owned, and operated for over 40 years. And on all that time, they've done one thing. They've given you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle. The cream of the crop and late model, low mileage vehicles. They do their best to get the best selection and the best quality vehicles every single day. Check them out today. Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville.
6: The holidays are here and Miapa has your meal ready. Order a holiday dinner from Miapa for your family gathering, holiday party, or if you're just tired from decking the halls and shopping the malls, miappa has got your entire meal covered. From the roasted turkey or pranile ham, to your favorite Miapa sides, like and beans, Cuban bread, and of course, sweet plantains, all starting at $89. With Miapa's Holiday Meal, you'll be more stuffed than a stocking hung with care. Don't let cooking get in the way of a great meal? Get your holiday dinner at miapalatincafe.com today.
18: The cooler weather is here, and what better way to enjoy it than with the wind in your hair surfing the asphalt in a new slingshot. Connect with the road like never before. Demo Ride a Slingshot now at Polaris of Gainesville. They have a variety of models and styles to choose from to fit your lifestyle. The slingshots at Polaris of Gainesville are designed to make a statement, drawing crowds with enhanced paint schemes and top of the line features. They're for the bold. For those willing to propel themselves into the adventure of the open road. Now is the time to buy while interest rates are low and the savings are huge. Already have a slingshot and looking to upgrade? Now is the time while Polaris of Gainesville is paying top dollar for your trade-in. Check out the new automatic transmission models at Polaris of Gainesville and take the wheel. Let the slingshot set you loose in ways you never imagined. Located on Highway 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. Visit polarisofgainesville.com. That's polarisofgainesville.com. Never drink and ride. Welcome to Sports
0: Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, and have some lunch, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF.
1: Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Wednesday, commencing now. Sam Potosa, our producer today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us and talk a little sports here every weekday, new to two on Sports Scene. Well, right now, uh, one of my favorite uh, things to do is to do uh, the interview segment I'm about to do because I always like talking to different Gator athletes uh, in our uh, cooperation with the Gator Collective. We're going to talk a little Gator gymnastics today with sophomore Bree Edwards. She now joins us. Hi, Bree. How are you?
19: Hi, I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for doing this. Uh, how was uh, Hype Night the other night?
19: Hype Night was amazing. It felt so good to be back in the o
1: Yeah, I was going to ask that because, you know, you guys have been training and all that and to get in front of a crowd and, and do your thing. That, that's what kind of gymnastics is kind of about, isn't it?
19: Yes, sir. Just putting on a show.
1: Let me ask about uh, you growing up and getting into gymnastics. When did you get into that?
19: I was around five years old. We lived in Japan. My dad was in the military. And on base, there was a rec center, and a lot of kids in my classes did gymnastics, and so I wanted to, too.
1: Um, when did you think you were pretty good at it?
19: Honestly, I don't know if I ever hit that point where really? I, I was pretty good at it. I think um, committing here really solidified that fact to me. I always tell Jenny, our head coach, that whenever I came on my visit, I was, I was just so starstruck, and I was having so much fun. And I had no idea that she was going to offer me a spot on the team.
1: Wow. Did you play other sports as well?
19: I did a little bit of ballet and dance growing up, but pretty much when you do gymnastics, all you got time for is gymnastics.
1: Um, Speaking of Jenny Rowland, uh, what do you think of her as your coach?
19: Oh, I love love Coach Jenny. She is amazing at her job. She's amazing, amazing at pushing us in the gym, but also is pushing us as people. I mean, we're in college, we're growing up and she is so supportive of you finding who you are in college. And I love her.
1: Um, When it comes to different types of uh, apparatus and, you know, do you have a favorite at all as far as what you do?
19: I love the vault.
1: Really? Tell me why.
19: Um, It's the one that just feels the most natural to me. Like I can really just let go and my body's going to get the job done.
1: Um, the other thing I want to ask about is the expectation. Look, people know you have a good team. You guys know mm-hmm. you have a good team. But there's also competition to get on the floor. It, that competition's got to be healthy because, you know, it only helps make your team better, right?
19: hmm I mean, that's the competition that we strive for. We always say that you want to have the shortest gap between the best player on your team and your worst player. And shortening that gap is really what makes you a strong team.
1: Uh, what was it like for you here as a freshman?
19: Oh, my freshman year was so much fun being introduced to the Gator Gymnastics family. It's really what it is. It's a family, and it was a great thing to be a part of.
1: Um, when you were recruited and you got a chance to see, you know, the crowds that come and watch you and how into the meet they are, that, that's that got to be pretty fun to compete when you have fans that are that knowledgeable.
19: Yes, yeah, Gator Nation and the Odom is my favorite place to compete throughout my freshman year all the places we've been nowhere's like the odom nowhere's like gator nation chomping with you during your floor team' the best part uh
1: have you gotten into the nil stuff at all
19: i'm just kind of starting to dip my toes in you know being uh in school it can be a lot sometimes to manage but it's it's a fun thing to discover uh,
1: you know that's the thing i i try to to talk about um Bree when i have you all on because I, i'm guilty of this sometimes you know we see you as athletes, but you, you go to school, you got class, you got other things you're doing, you know, off the floor. Have you been able to sort of, you know, maneuver everything in terms of school and, you know, off the, off the court, so to speak?
19: Yes, of course. Thank you for acknowledging that. Cause that's something that I think a lot of athletes struggle with as well. You know, keeping up with school is hard. Um, a lot of people can remember when they were in college and it's hard. It's even harder being an athlete, but it takes a lot of discipline a lot of organization skills to be able to get through semesters, for sure.
1: I would imagine it must be pretty cool if you are, you know, on the floor or doing what you're doing, and you have a young gymnast or a young girl come up to you and look up to you because of what you're doing. That must be a pretty cool feeling. Have you experienced that? And if you have, what kind of a feeling was it for you?
19: I have experienced that after the meets, a lot of little girls come down and They get all the way down to the bleachers as low as they can, and they have posters and stuff for us to sign. And it is such a privilege to be in that position and be able to inspire those young ladies because I was one of those girls. And to be able to be that figure, that idol for them, it means so much.
1: Last question for you. Um, After gymnastics, uh, what are you in school for? What do you want to do down the road?
19: I'm currently a pre-med psych major, and I have hopes of going to medical school one day.
1: Wow. And what do you
18: want
19: to do with that? I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, but I just, I love the adrenaline rush aspect of medicine. Right now, I'm kind of thinking surgery, but of course, that's something that can change further down the line.
1: Wow. I bet you those classes are not easy. No. <laughs> 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 no sir, not. I was just a journalism dude, you know, those those things were way over my head. So um, last question for you, Brick. Um, a lot is made about teamwork and, you know, everybody getting along and You know, how important is that in your sport to succeed?
19: Teamwork is still really important in gymnastics just because we go up there and we compete by ourselves. You still rely a lot on your team inside the gym and outside of the gym, um, feeling that your teammates are there for you and they care for you. And especially on your hard days, some days you can't do it for yourself. You have to do it for your teammates and you got to do it for Gator Nation, you know. So having that bond, it's really important and it makes it
1: easier. Uh, Coach Roland was just here the other day, right before you guys had hype night. So uh, she's great, and uh, I I appreciate you taking the time to be here, and Gator Gymnastics fans will watch you perform here in your sophomore season. Thanks for doing this, Bree. I appreciate it.
19: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: You got it. Thank you. Bree Edwards, sophomore. She's from Navarre, Florida, by the way, Um, part of the uh, very, very good Gator Gymnastics team. All right, Uh, we will open phone lines unless there's a guest I'm not aware of. Uh, We will take your questions, calls, and comments today, uh, 392-8255, and you can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. One of the things that's been interesting to me today in some of the uh, emails and calls we've gotten about football is about what would happen next year if Florida were to, were to, uh, you know, go six and six? It, it, is that impossible? No, I don't. I mean, who knows? We will certainly see. Uh, Bobby says, heard you and Sean talking about nil. He mentioned the NCAA needs to put in some guardrails and regulations for oversight. Problem with that is the NCAA didn't implement NIO out of the goodness of their hearts. They were mandated by a Supreme Court decision. They don't have the legal right to now curtail what an athlete earns. No one to blame in all this other than the NCAA's historical selfishness. Yeah, I don't, I'm not legal enough to know if the NCAA couldn't step in and do something, I don't think that would be impossible, Bobby, but I do hear what you're saying. Uh, it, it would not be something uh, easily done. Let's get to Mike. Mike, hello. Oh, Thank you for
20: taking my call. I have mm-hmm. a couple comments. One in football is, a because I had a time on my hands, I looked at the 2023 schedule next year, and out of that group of teams, we have seven from this year, they had winning records, two that were break-even, and only three is losing records, which means next year we're going to face nine teams that were bowl-eligible this year, which is not going to help our quick rebuild. And in basketball, my comment is there's two ways to build a team. One is mostly through the portal, and the two best examples of that were Kansas and specifically Baylor three years ago. The difference being they already had strong lineups. So I think it made it easier for them to get the creme de la creme of transfers, which we haven't been able to do exactly. And what I also want to say is my favorite team in the last 10 years was very old school, and that was Villanova. They got a lot of three stars and some four stars out of the Philly, Baltimore, New York area. You know, the kids that come from urban areas, a lot of moxie, built them up, and they had one of the best shooting teams that I've ever seen. And they ran away the national title with a team that was not highly recruited. But I don't know that with Portal, whether schools can do that anymore. They would be the model I would look for. But given the turnover in lineup in both basketball and football, I don't know how we're going to build up a stable lineup if everybody's leaving, coming and leaving in mass every year.
1: And that's my two comments. Okay. Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you. That, I guess... How do I want to say this? Florida's not going to be the only team going through that. That could be the new normal now. Very, I mean, you had some players transfer, but with the portal now, you're, it's going to be unusual, I think, to not see <clears throat> players transfer out for whatever the reason. So, it is your roster year to year is going to have a relatively high amount of turnover. I think, as a fan, you better expect that. I think the question becomes who's leaving? Let's take Florida in football. Okay. I'm going to tease you and leave it at that. But that's where I want to start off because, yes, there's a lot of players leaving. But I'll get to the other side of the equation next. One fourteen. Time check. Brought to you by Hayes Shillery, ESPN, ninety-eight FM, eight fifty AM, WYUF.
0: Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, ninety-eight FM, eight fifty AM, WRUF.
3: Good afternoon. This is Bryce Mitchell. The Gators men's basketball team will play number five UConn at home tonight. After a blowout against Stetson on Sunday, the Gators are now six and three. The Huskies are currently undefeated at 9-0 and lead the series 4-1, having won each of the last four matchups. Make sure to tune in here tonight at 8.30 to catch the game. The Orlando Magic will host the Los Angeles Clippers tonight at 7. The Magic have a nine-game losing streak, most recently losing to the Bucks 109-102. The NCAA tournament continues for the Florida volleyball team. Tomorrow, the Gators will travel to Wisconsin to play second seed Pitt. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. This is Bryce Mitchell.
12: Call US Med now to learn more. 800 513
0: 1652. 513 1652. That's 800 513 1652.
5: When our clients are injured in an accident, it is our goal to lift the burden off of them from the moment they call us. If you call our office, you'll speak to one of our four practicing attorneys. We understand the stress that you and your family are under. We will help you and get the best results in your case. We fight as hard as we can. It becomes personal. It's not just a client. It's a personal relationship. Visit FFPlaw.com for a free consultation. People who suffer from arthritis are getting real pain relief
9: with exciting biologic therapies at QC Kinetics.
14: The success rate is there and there's
9: no better way to treat yourself when it comes to dealing with pain. Meet Tyler Vale, co-founder of QC Kinetics, who says they can't cure arthritis, but they can treat the pain. If you think of the tide coming in and out on the beach and what it does, it erodes the sand, right? can't stop the tide, but eventually when the sand or the beach gets bad enough, we backfill that beach with sand so that we get generations of enjoyment with that beach again. And the same thing happens. Happens with your knee or your shoulder or your hip or your back. We want to backfill the problems that have happened to this point. I'm not stopping the tide, so I'm not stopping the arthritis, but I want to get generations of enjoyment out of those joints again. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Learn more about how restorative biologic therapies can get you real and lasting joint pain relief. Call QC Kinetics 352 three five two four hundred forty five fifty. That's 352 three five two four hundred forty five fifty. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the villages. 352
0: 44550 We are your all for Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey. You are listening to ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF and online at WRUF.com. Well, I know for those of you who follow recruiting, you know
1: this, but uh, today a quarterback from Texas, DJ Lagway, uh, will make a decision uh, that should come up uh, sometime uh, this afternoon. I think it's uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time here. Uh, And Florida, Baylor, Clemson, Texas A&M, and USC uh, are supposedly the five for him. Um, So we will see. And uh, some compare him much like an Anthony Richardson type. But we will see. Um, All right. We'll open the phone lines for you uh three nine two eight two five five you can email srussell at w r u f dot com now about the transfer portal it's not so much uh, how many are in it, but who's leaving with Florida are there players that you're looking at and just going, Oh no you know that player's in the portal. I'm not taking anything away from the players who are in it. But if there is one like that, tell me. Williams says, I've been a Richardson supporter. However, I do believe it's best for him to go in another direction And us. Why? He was simply unwilling to be the runner we needed him to be. In order for his production to be maximized, I've always believed he needs 10 to 15 carries a game. He's shown, or Billy has shown, not sure it matters which, this will not be the case. As a result, let's move on. Shane stated a few weeks ago, and he's right, if he's an unwilling runner today, why is that going to change next year? I believe in his talent, only if he is a true dual threat guy. we well, left a lot of big plays on the table this year, <clears throat> in my opinion. Ralph says, who starts at quarterback? It'll be Jack Miller. He thinks the Beavers have a huge advantage. Well, th- they certainly ended their season very well, playing good football. Patrick says, great for Aaron Judge. In five years, he'll be underpaid, and that'll look like a much bigger number. And he says, love AR. Good luck to him. All true Gator fans will be pulling for the young man. BB as the unduly appointed representative of the Saints, I'd just like to let Tom Brady know. Glad to help him set a new personal record for the least time left in the clock to throw a touchdown pass. And in the spirit of the Christmas season, We'll be sending him a commemorative fruitcake one Saints owner Tom Benson was given in 1971. And he says, so was it like $10,000 a hit for Aaron Judge? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how much, but yeah, it's a lot. All right. I've got good calls today. Let's keep them coming. Three nine two eight two five five. 8255 email uh, russell at wruf.com I do have emails, but Uh, calls are also uh, very good. And wouldn't it be interesting if Florida does get uh, the quarterback? That would be two five-stars at the quarterback position in different years. Um, But, yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. So we'll see if that does come to pass. Uh, He is ranked, according to 24-7 Sports, I think it's the number four or 5 quarterback uh in the class. All right, let's bring Chris in. Chris, hi.
14: Hey Steve. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about the transfer portal. Um in maybe like a little bit of a different context. When when I was a kid, I rooted for the Gators and in the pros I rooted for the Cowboys. But in the mid nineties free agency happened and it was like I wasn't rooting for the same people and it was just constant influx of new pay- players. And then fantasy came along and I started rooting for players. And now I don't really care about the Cowboys very much. I I root for individual players in the middle of a game. I might be rooting for five different guys on opposite, opposite sides um, with the influx of fantasy, free agency, gambling. Now you're starting to see that with the transfer portal is basically free agency in college. I think that, combined with a lack of historical perspective that you see across the board and here's what i mean by that if you asked ernest graham back in the 2000s one of one of his favorite players he may have mentioned Emmett smith but if you ask if you ask travis Etienne, he probably doesn't know who ernest graham is it it holds true For music. When I was a kid, I knew my dad's stuff. I knew the Beatles, James Brown, but I also knew my stuff, like the Clash and the Ramones and stuff like that. So, so it's the same thing with kids now. They don't, people don't even know who Nirvana is. So I I think with these combinations, you're starting to see a lack of like a strong root for a fan base. And that's hard for us as fans because we have one allegiance. We love the Gators and these kids don't seem like they're they're true and true Gators. You've heard a lot of that sentiment over the last couple of days on your show about Anthony. What I'm interested to hear from you, Steve, is how does this affect long-term? How does this affect fan bases? Will you start to see generations come up that don't go to the games as much, that don't care as much? The same with players not having any allegiances. How will this affect the sport as a whole, I don't think there's any reason to gripe about it because there's nothing we can do about it. Everything changes. Um, But I I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. I'll hang up and bit. All right, thank you, Chris.
1: I've asked this question often. When you walk into Florida Field to watch a football game, are you worried about the transfer portal? Are you worried about where a kid comes from? Are you worried about how long he's going to be there? No, you're not. Those things, at least for three or four hours on a Saturday, go away because you're interested in the game and who wins it. It's the same principle when it comes to the portal, okay? If Florida wins, if Florida gets back to national prominence, no one, virtually no one, will care where the kids came from, how long they were there, or anything like that because they're winning, and fan bases love winning. It's, this is exacerbated now because Florida's not winning. But I promise you, if Florida loses players in the portal in the future, gains players in the portal in the future, and they win big, yeah, bottom line's winning. Michelle, hello. Hey, Steve, I was just going
16: to say right before I go to my point of oh, what I wanted to say was you always say that winning cures everything. People don't care as long as they're winning. You always, you talk about saving all the time and, oh, he's, you know, people like to say they don't like saving, whatever. Alabama fans don't care what saving does. He's winning or was winning anyway. But anyway, winning cures everything. But you asked about who in the portal that we kind of just, we hate that's in the portal. And I really like Naquan. Um, right, and I was shocked. I get why he's leaving. I think he's a good running back, but, you know, he got overshadowed this season. He wants to play, and, you know, he wants to put his talent. But I will – I do hate that he's in the portal because I, I like Naquan. I thought he was a good runner. He is a
1: good runner. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, Florida has an embarrassment of riches at they that do. position. I mean, look at Lorenzo yeah. Lingard. Right, yes. I mean, he's yeah. gonna end up, you know, somewhere. So yep. you got four pretty darn good running backs, and you can't play four guys. You can't.
16: You can't do it. Nope. And so if they if they if they want to run and be on the field, you know, I get it. They got to go somewhere that they have a real fighting chance to, you know, get out there because you certainly don't want them to get on the field because somebody got injured. So um, I get it, but I I do hate that he is. I do hate that he's leaving, but I, I wish him much success when um, he's, you know, wherever he lands. I did also want to talk about just the portal in general, because I think sometimes, and I, you know, are so nervous about the portal and, you know, oh, it's just having a a horrible impact. I think at some point it will work itself out. And I say that because I went back the last couple of um, seasons or so looking at portal numbers how many players went in the portal and how many players actually got selected out of the portal. And it's a huge it's a huge disparity about how many went in and how many people actually got picked up by teams. And those other players then are just kind of out there and trying to find some place to be. Some of them probably didn't get picked back up. So I think at some point right now it's, it's kind of new, so everybody's just jumping in and, ooh, I can go, I can go, I can go. But I think that tide will stem a little bit when, you, when players realize, okay, I had six or seven or eight of my teammates left and only two or three actually got picked up on a team, got a scholarship, and making an impact. So I think it may take a couple of years, a few years to kind of work it out, but I think, I think eventually the, the tide will stem a little bit and, and we'll be okay with it. Okay, So that was just my thought.
1: Got him. Thank you, Michelle. Always appreciate your thoughts. You know, back to, you know, who's leaving for Florida. I mean, look, Dexter, Miller, Richardson, uh, Trey Dean, Amari, Bernie, you know, leaving for whatever reason. Um, Justin Shorter, Torrance, Trent Whittemore. You know, these are guys that have played. And so, you know, they'll have to be replaced. But... Some of the other guys, t- taking nothing away from them. They may go to other schools and really be productive players, but if you look at the, you know, some of the guys who are leaving, they were not starting here, and chances are would not start. And that's why most players transfer in the first place. 129, time check brought to you by Hayes Jittleby, ESPN, one FM, 850 AM, WYUF.
15: This is Hub Brown, Dean of
21: the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators.
10: Never give up on country with Jamie Allen live in concert Friday, December 9th at the World Equestrian Center, Ocala. Down a vlog party kicks off at 4.30 with a live concert, parachute show, contest, and more. Listen to patriotic performances by Colt Ford, Kid G, and Chris McNeil. Country truck, them hard stickers This event benefits the Travis Mills Foundation to support recalibrated veterans and their families. Get your tickets today at never give up on Sponsored by Chase.
18: I love the ocean. Me? I love a slow winding river. I love the lake.
12: Slick as glass. But nothing compares to what you love inside the boat. My family.
4: My child. My best friend from first grade.
12: If you're behind the wheel of a boat, pay attention. That way your favorite water will always be safe water. Learn more about boating safety at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife
10: Conservation
2: Commission.
0: U.F. Weather Center. Here is your W.R.U.F. Weather Update.
10: Abundant sunshine this afternoon as high pressure builds throughout the column of the atmosphere. High temperature is going to warm up to near 80 degrees too. Now, this evening and overnight skies starting off mostly clear. We'll have to contend with patchy dense fog yet again for our Thursday morning commute. Lows in the morning in the mid to upper 50s. Tomorrow afternoon highs nudging to the low to mid 80s. In the U.F. Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski.
0: We got to see something that doesn't normally happen. Joe Burrow with the ball is as dangerous as any quarterback right now in the game. With the game on the line, Joe Burrow living up to his nickname. With apologies to Joe Montana of Joe Cool. Cincinnati is a team that will certainly be in the back of your mind. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes. And you. Weekday mornings at 9 right here on WRUF. <laughs> Inside the Huddle with Steve Spurrier, Shane Matthews, and Steve Russell Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on WRUF.
1: Final half hour of the program today. Bradley says, "Who would you like the Gators to get at quarterback in the portal? I'd like them to get either Sam Hartman." Or Austin Reed. again, I will defer here because I don't follow every quarterback in every place. Hartman, I don't I think has to make a decision between possibly going pro or going in the portal. I don't think he's in the portal yet, uh, but he could be because I think I think he has come out and said, he was going to leave Wake Forest one way or the other. Austin Reed uh, could be, I mean, he certainly is a good thrower. Uh, Threw for a ton of yards at Western Kentucky. Florida kid, too, I think. Uh, So, but yeah, I mean, a lot, again, to answer the question, depends on who's in the portal. And a ton of quarterbacks are obviously in the portal right now. Uh, Bill, uh, does Florida beat UConn tonight? I would say no. But I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think Florida will rise up tonight and play UConn tough. But we'll see. Uh, James, interesting email here. He says, a lot of people are asking you, and I don't know why about next year when this year isn't finished yet. And I heard somebody also talk about the, the teams and the schedule next year. But my question to you is, is that valid given the portal? Well, let me throw this out. Um, I got to give me a second to bring this up, but next to your schedule, Florida goes to Utah. well, they got to go across the country. You know, Utah's going to be out for revenge, blah, blah, blah. But how many players do they lose to the portal? How many players do they bring in in the portal? So just because you were successful this year doesn't guarantee that next year and vice versa, right? Depending on who you gain and lose. In the portal and to some extent in recruiting too. Now, you know, it's harder for true freshmen to make an impact, but some do. Richard says, delighted judge is staying with the Yankees. Last season five hundred and seventy at bats, had forty million per year under his new agreement, which is three hundred sixty over nine seasons, it comes to seventy thousand dollars per plate appearance. Amazing financial numbers. I try to look at things with perspective. I can remember because I'm old enough to do it when baseball players signed one hundred thousand dollar a year contracts. And people were just aghast at the money that these guys were making. They were making a hundred grand. It's all relative, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, is it Ridiculous money. Yes, it is. But I'd take it. I'd take it in five seconds. Don't forget tomorrow, Billy Napier will speak to the media at about 11 o'clock. I will let you know uh, what he says, if there's anything newsworthy um, coming out of that. Hard to believe that Florida's playing a bowl game in 10 days. 10 days. 11 days, whatever it is. Um, pretty amazing to, to think that. But at least it'll be an afternoon game. We can have the post-game show at a good time on that day and then worry about recruiting and the portal. Let's get some calls. We'll start with PG. PG, hi.
21: Hey, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, so I know you're a big baseball guy like myself and I actually really love the winter meetings and all this movement last night, you know, Heyman saying, you know, judge was going to sign with, or it was a done deal to San Fran and hold on. And then today it's the Yankees. And I just, I'm a Mets fan, but I still find that like really intriguing. I don't know. I I love it almost as much as the games, like the the roster building. Um, and that's, that's a question I have for you. So they're, they're getting rid of the shift. Um, effective this year right correct So the next year man i wonder as a gm how that affects your decision making somewhat because you got to think those dead pull hitters um either from the left or right side are going to get more hits now and then some of the pitchers aren't their numbers aren't going to be as good because now those are going to be hits right that were were shifted over to how how much of a difference i mean i know it's not going to be Crazy, but like that's gotta be pretty
1: substantial though right well it's gonna but it's gonna be i think in the in favor of hitters and not so much for pitchers, obviously, right yeah. if a guy's a dead pull hitter and you can't defend him the way they do now, you would think that'd be more opportunity for base hits for that hitter. But I don't know that it really changes who you go after, because you're, I mean you're not gonna you're gonna go after Justin Verlander, you're gonna go after Jacob Degrom, you're gonna go after Trey Turner, whether they shift on you or not. Uh, but could it be where you know a, a second or third tier player you take a second look at because of that? Maybe.
21: Yeah. Like, like a Schwarber or even on the Mets, you know, Vogelback. Uh, he's probably going to be good. I mean, I'd say another dozen hits a year, maybe. And I think that's, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. Putting three or four guys on that side. I think that's got to factor in some way. And then loading up on lefties. I just, for, to face the lefty-lefty matchup. It, it just, I've never seen that before. Like, it just switched that quickly. So, um, Especially after, because the shift took a while. Like now, we just see it all the time. But it wasn't like overnight. Tampa Bay might have been doing it a little bit more aggressively, but now this is like, okay, you can't do that anymore. But um, anyway, really interesting. And the contracts they're giving out: Walker, Taiwan Walker got seventy, almost seventy-five million. Um, uh, Tyone from the Yankees got, I think he got close to seventy. I didn't, I didn't see the market going to that level. And I'm interested to see what like Rodon gets. Obviously, your new judge is going to get paid. And, and what about Turner? Three hundred million? I love him, but three hundred million—it's a lot of money, man.
1: It's—I mean, look, we are dealing with monopoly money. That's what we're dealing with now. But I don't begrudge one dollar that these guys get. And I, like I always say, would you take it? Hell yeah, you'd take it. So would I. So if that's oh, yeah. what the market bears and they can get it, more power to them. But it's ridiculous.
21: Yeah, and I think the Mets might have the highest payroll in baseball right now. If you go over that luxury tax, you get – so like let's say you go over it by a dollar. Every every dollar you pay to a player, you have to pay 90 cents into this, like, fund. So you're essentially paying a dollar ninety every – it's just – I don't know. And it looks like the Mets aren't done either. So, anyway, really interesting. Like I said, I just love this time of year. Um, Last thing, I'll take it off the air. Lagway, DJ Lagway, quarterback, is supposed to uh, announce today, correct? this
1: afternoon. Yep, about 4 o'clock. So,
21: and I hear a lot about, like, transfer quarterbacks. You know, you've you've got Rashada uh, coming in. And you never want to just put all your eggs in freshman basket. And, obviously, Lagway's a year away. I think he's a 24 guy. Yep, But, Taking a a one-year transfer obviously won't affect Lagway as much. you think that would affect Rashada, or maybe he's already been been kind of told that?
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Billy Napier would say, we're going to go to the portal because, you know, we need a veteran. But first, there's two things here. One, Jack Miller is the unknown. We don't know about him. He he might be in the mix. Who knows, right? And number two, if if you're Billy Napier, you have to, and the the kids have to understand. I got to recruit for the future too. And if you don't want to compete, well, then I'm not sure how much I want you here. So yeah. if if Rashad is going to back away from that, I I, I don't know. But again, yeah. why do kids transfer? Because they want to play.
21: And the schools have to—that's one thing we don't talk about. Like, the schools have to protect themselves, and it's really hard on these one-year contracts, uh, basically without a you know penalty to transfer. But I, I think about the lower guys. All those quarterbacks you just mentioned there transferring the, from well, maybe a Wake Forest. They're a D1 Power Five, but they're still Wake Forest. They get lucky and they they get a good quarterback, you know, Western Kentucky or you know, and then they know they're going to lose them every year. I mean, that's tough on them, good for you know the bigger schools, but it's just hard on everybody. And then you could be here and want to leave for more money. It's, it's really wild. All right.
1: PG, appreciate Thank you, man. You. Thank you for your call. Mike, welcome.
11: Hello, Steve. Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to talk about the portal, and I really agree with you uh, on your points that you make, but I, I wanted to make two. Sure. Uh, no, number one, um, about – who are we really leaving that might hurt? I, I would argue a little bit about maybe Jalen Lee on the defensive line. It be good to have another body. Um, we're, we're lucky that Gervon uh, is going to stay and play in the bowl game. So That helps there. But it would have been nice to, if he to hung around. Yeah, uh, I, I was talking
1: more longer like term, but, but yes.
11: Sure, sure. And the second point is about people coming in and of course we don't know who that's going to be but we'll, you, you hear the number 10, 12 tossed around here or there but uh, my theory is we've got to have five plug-in starters and I'll go quickly through it um, I really think we do we need a receiver we need a tight end we need an offensive lineman we need a defensive lineman and we need a linebacker now, here's the bonus one. You know, like the, the uh, bonus scratch off on your lottery ticket? Here's the bonus. Um, and then I'd like your thoughts on it. The bonus one would be a one-year quarterback that can step in and play, you know, and not scare off Rashada or hopefully Lackway. Uh But, you know, you just hit on the point. What nobody knows is Jack Miller. Right. If Jack Miller comes in and does well in the bowl, maybe we don't need that quarterback. We do. I don't. do you turn down a Hartman? I really don't think so. He wants to come.
1: Well, uh, that's the. the at, at, that's you know, the why Napier gets say, paid the money he gets paid.
11: That's why he does. But really, those five positions—would uh, you agree, or do you want to expound on that just a little bit?
1: No, I, I see and where you're I'm going. Um, and l- look, I think I'm being uh, kind of obvious here, but I'm looking for an upgrade everywhere. If I have a chance sure. to get somebody in the portal who's an upgrade over what I have now, I'm going to get them. I don't care what the position is. But oh, they cool. need help. We all know where Florida needs help, and that I would think are the obvious places you start in the portal. Mike, thank you for your call. 145 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Uh Ron, David, get right to you. ESPN 98.1 FM, A50 AM, WIUF.
14: Good afternoon, I'm Jose Tovar. The Gators men's basketball team will face the toughest challenge of the season tonight when it faces number 5 Yukon at the O'Connell Center. The Huskies are undefeated this year with a 9-0 record. The Gators, on the other hand, are 6-3 and, and, have, and have won two in a row. Coverage of the game starts here at 8.30. Florida Volleyball will continue its troop in the NCAA tournament on Thursday when it faces Victor in Madison, Wisconsin. The winner of the game will advance to the quarterfinals and face the winner of Wisconsin versus West State. In the NBA, the Orlando Magic will look to snap a nine-game losing streak when it hosts the Los Angeles Clippers tonight at seven. That's your Kansas Sports Center. I'm Jose Tovar.
0: ESPN 98.1 FM, 8:50 AM, WRUF.
17: You're invited to the official grand opening ribbon cutting of the new and expanded Gainesville Highfield MRI. Join the Chamber of Commerce and so many others on Tuesday, December 13th from 530 to 8 at Gainesville Highfield MRI in the Millennium Center on 43rd Street and Newberry Road. Get a first-hand look at their new facility. There'll be food, drinks, prizes, an ugly sweater contest, and even Santa will make an appearance. So mark your calendar now. That's Tuesday, December 13th from 530 to 8
10: at Gainesville Highfield MRI. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station.
9: Mary On Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary On Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's m-m-e-r-i dot f-a-m-u dot e-d-u. Mary, educate, learn, talk. My partners had told me I should get my knee
0: replaced. I was in my 40s and I decided that I wouldn't do that.
9: That's orthopedic surgeon Dr. John Herzog who found regenerative medicine years ago and became a believer. It changed my
0: life around. It improved me to a point where I was able to jog again.
9: That's when Dr. Herzog switched his focus from surgery to helping his patients with natural biologics.
0: I've treated
7: at least 5,000 patients. I believe your body has everything it needs to heal itself.
9: Today you'll find Dr. Herzog at QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in this exciting field of medicine that can give lasting pain relief with no downtime, no drugs, and no surgery. I have patients coming up to me that I did 10 years ago saying, you know, Doc, my elbow's still working great. I'm playing tennis three days a week. Call QC Kinetics now to explore alternative ways to deal with your pain. It's a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352 400 Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. When giving gifts this holiday season, keep environmental sustainability in mind. Avoid giving useless gifts and knickknacks. Look for durable items that will last for years. Shop for items made out of recycled material. Lastly, family heirlooms make a perfect gift. Not only will they be treasured for a lifetime, but are also environmentally friendly. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing?
0: We're proud to be your home for Gator women's basketball. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. You know, Aaron Judge is the big signing
1: today, but in the baseball winter meetings, it looks like uh, the Cardinals are going to replace Yadier Molina uh, with former Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras, uh, and that's uh, that's a big deal there. The Red Sox have been very, very quiet, or apparently closing in on a deal for closer Kenley Jansen. More to come from the baseball winter meetings. And how about this? Louisville... Uh, is apparently set to hire Purdue football coach Jeff Brom. Brom, of course, played at Louisville, supposed to be a six year deal. Um so Brahm had been at Purdue for I think five or six years. He apparently is going back home. Let's get to Ron.
13: Ron, hi. Good afternoon, Steve. I had heard I had seen the information before or heard the information before about the number of students who enter the transfer portal and the number who actually get picked up, uh, it apparently, apparently runs about 25% who actually find a new home. I'm curious, what happens to those other people? Do they re- do they return? Can they return? Have they given up their scholarship? Uh, are they left to be a walk-on someplace? What, what happens?
1: Uh, all of the above. Uh, they can return. Most don't. They can return. Uh, or they don't get picked up by anybody and don't play. No guarantee. That's a big, big, big chance. Isn't yes, it? it is. I mean, for the I mean, look, it's not a big chance for the you know the the big shot players, but for ones who you know maybe were marginal players on their teams, you know, would they be picked up by somebody else? That's a that's a crapshoot.
13: Indeed. Thank you for a fine show, Steve. Thank yes, you. sir.
1: Thank you, Ron. Uh, David is next. Hi, David.
8: Good afternoon, Steve. Hey, thanks for that good news on Contreras. I'm a Cardinals fan.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
8: but we lost Quintana to the Mets. I mean, that's where we're hurting is uh, in the pitching staff. But uh, getting Contreras helps a lot because, uh, obviously, losing Yadier Molina is huge, although he he was kind of not a Yadier Molina of old last year. He was, he was not nearly the player. But what I called about, Steve, was the portal. You know, um, I know there are a lot of people, especially on social media, who are freaking out about the number of Gators going into the portal. Um, but I know you know this, but a couple of years ago, uh, University of Tennessee lost like 35 players to the portal. And some of those were really good players. They had a really good running back that left. They had a good receiver that left. But guess what? Two years later, Tennessee was pretty good. And uh, I have a feeling that Napier is going to do
1: well as well. Well, he's certainly off to a good start in terms of recruiting classes and what is going to come in, and he's not done yet uh, with that. The, the cautionary tale I would give, I think the example you give of Tennessee is spot on. But I don't know, I mean, is that what could happen? Yes. But I don't think that's normal. I think you combine the right quarterback in Hendon Hooker with the offensive system that Heupel has, That I'm not sure Florida has that same offensive system. We will see.
8: Yeah, and and just to follow up on that, you know, talking about I would definitely go after a quarterback uh, I know there's some names being thrown out there. The Leary kid out of North Carolina State. Um, Hartman, I think, is a little reach, much of a reach. But uh, Leary, I understand, he has some Florida ties as well. The kid you mentioned from St. Augustine, Reed, I guess it is. But the thing is, you know, we're talking about Miller, and he may be a good ball player, but if he was that good, Steve, I know he was hurt a little bit this year, but wouldn't we have seen him a little – especially uh, late in the year after that thumb it's kind of healed up a little bit. Just something to think about. Have a good day, Steve.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, Brian is next. Hi, Brian.
22: Hey, Steve. I, I Sorry to continue the Jack Miller conversation. Okay. But I, I think I think you hit it uh, spot on. But, I mean, if you read between the lines, kind of, you know, Miller, he's, he was a good quarter. I mean, he was a highly recruited quarterback out of Ohio State, correct? Right, yes. So, here's my deal. If you read between the lines, like, why isn't he – if if we're looking for a replacement for Richardson, why isn't he in the transfer portal? There's something going on there. There's some kind of – I think that basically I think he's our future or could be given an opportunity to be the future. If not, if he would transfer. True, true?
1: Well, I don't know the if – Or can he? Oh, yeah. He – yes. I mean, you can go in the portal. But yeah. here's the thing. He's going to be – Given an opportunity here in this bowl game, and I think it would be what's the word I want to use a cautionary tale to say let's say that that Miller lights it up, right He goes 24 for 30 for 350 yards and four touchdowns and you know against Oregon State. Well, now he's going to be our quarterback. We don't know that. We don't
14: know yes, that
22: exactly, but I think he's. I think he's given it being given a chance. You
14: know. Yes, I mean, it's, uh, yes, you know, I, why, I agree.
22: Why, if, if he was if he was told by Billy, hey, I'm going after another quarterback, he would transfer. Well,
1: why we if, don't know that. We don't yeah, know that. I understand. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some kids will will choose to stay because hey, I think I can win the job. Right. I have an advantage. I've been here. I've been in this system. You know, as opposed to somebody else. I think part of that, Brian, might be who it is, okay? If they get a high-profile dude, if they get Hartman or if they get Leary, he ain't sitting, right? That ain't happening. So then I think the writing's on the wall. Or do you stick it out and say, okay, maybe he's a one-year stopgap I'll continue to learn the system. I'll get healthier. And then I'll compete with Rashada. I'll compete with whoever and, you know, see if I'm the guy. But, boy, anybody trying to figure all this out is crazy. No, yeah, crazy. No, no. All
22: right. Thanks. Have a good day.
1: Yes, sir, Brian. Thank you. Um, and once again, you know, if if you look at Miller in his timeline, uh, he signed his letter of intent three years ago with Ohio State and then he entered the transfer portal uh, in November of 2021 and he transferred here in December so it's been almost a year uh, since he transferred here but that's what makes this whole talent acquisition thing so interesting and players do know right it if they want to go play and go play right away, the portal is available to them. That's, that's just the simple truth. John, how are you?
23: Hey, Steve. Um, you pulled out Cautionary Tale twice in one segment. That's got to be uh, a record.
1: Probably is.
23: <laughs> so um, Miller already did the portal. Is it isn't it a one and done? You can't. Well, stand? he'd have to sit
1: out, but I mean, he could. Okay, so yes. he
23: would sit out a year. Yeah. Um, unless he's a graduate, postgraduate, then you can, you can use that old rule. Correct.
1: I believe that's right. Okay. Yeah, as a grad so, transfer, yes.
23: So you really could get two, no sit transfers if you played it right. Um, um, that's interesting. On. Um, so based on what you've seen so far, who who are your picks next year for baseball?
1: Well, I want to see what it ends up at because I would be doing this, you know, with an incomplete, right? Because I think some teams still have holes to fill. And then, you know, are they able to re-sign some people? And if they don't, then they have to go elsewhere you know, to fill the hole. So I'm not avoiding the question. I just don't know I could answer it because it's not going to be complete yet.
23: Yeah, does baseball have... Um, I'm trying to remember in baseball, does the home, the team that has the player have some advantage in resigning or not? No. Is it just open market?
1: Open market. You're a free, if, okay. if you're a free agent, you're. it's an open market.
23: And there's no franchise or anything like that in baseball like there is no. in football? No, no. In other wow. words,
1: like... Jacob Degrom, uh, you, now you, uh, there's a t- a, t- a club can give you an option, but if you decline the option, you can become a free agent, and then you're open to anybody, including your your old team.
23: Yeah, um, it seems like there's a sport where the team that holds your rights when it's time to renegotiate has an advantage over everyone else. Like it doesn't count towards the cap as much. Is that is that like an old time rule I'm thinking about from some? From football
1: or? I want to think that's the NBA, but, but don't okay. hold me to that.
23: Okay, I got you. All right,
8: Steve, great show.
1: All right, okay. John, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm having enough time figuring out the portal. And all, yeah. We'll do this again tomorrow. Thanks to Sam for producing it. We thank you for listening, and we'll check out Gator Basketball from tonight as well. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM. WYUF, I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: 251CG Gainesville From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM w-